The following is a sermon from the Vicar and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Happy Palm Sunday, everybody. Maybe you see the cover of our bulletin, and like Taylor this morning, you saw the coloring sheet, and you were like, it's not Palm Sunday. Why are we celebrating Palm Sunday today in November in between Thanksgiving and Christmas? Well, it's something new, and it's something new for a number of different reasons. Uh, The first reason is, like Pastor mentioned, we're using a new hymnal, a new lectionary that chooses different texts throughout the year. Last year, we read through Mark. This year, we're going to read through Luke. So we're starting a new church year. So happy New Year's too. We have another holiday as well on top of that. Another reason is that we're starting a new church season called Advent. And that's probably the biggest reason why we're starting with this text today, Palm Sunday. What do you think of when you hear Advent? Maybe you think of the the candles or maybe you think of the tree or the colors. And it's good if you think of Christmas, but it's a little narrow of a view of what Advent really is. Advent is all of the different ways that Christ comes to us. So first in the incarnation, second in, in the word and sacraments, and then lastly, we focus on how he's going to come again. So today we're going to take a look at one of Jesus coming to us on Palm Sunday, how he came to his city, Jerusalem. And I want you to take a couple of things away from this. We're going to look at how he came to Jerusalem, and we're going to focus on the reaction of God's people when Christ the King comes. Because your King is coming too. In fact, he's on the brink of coming again. And I want the same excitement for you. So please stand for the reading of the gospel. We're going to read from Luke chapter 19. If you're following along online, open up your Bibles. Uh, Luke 19, starting at verse 28 through 40. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, 
If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the word of the Lord. Please Praise be seated. Be to you, O Christ. I wonder how I would have reacted to seeing two guys stealing my donkey. Maybe you've seen that episode of Seinfeld where, where someone steals Jerry's car and goes away with it. And somehow at the end of the episode, Jerry is helping this guy, the thief, drive his car. Isn't that kind of what happens in this text? Someone steals the, the donkey and at the end, they're putting their cloaks on and they're helping Jesus take it. Well, there's a pretty big difference there, right? Because we're talking about Jesus and not Jerry. And Jesus wasn't stealing the donkey. He was taking it to the parade. Imagine how excited these owners of the donkey were that their donkey, their little donkey that grew up with them, was the donkey that Jesus got to ride into Jerusalem. Like, this is so exciting for them to think, my donkey is taking the Savior of the nations to where he's going to be crucified, where he's going to die. He used my donkey in his plan of salvation. And that's what was really happening here. And, and it wasn't just the owners of that donkey realizing it. It was the whole crowd of the town. They started coming because they knew Jesus was saying something. Jesus was saying, I'm your king, and I'm coming right now. I'm sure they had this passage in their minds. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. This whole town realized, our king is here. They came to our little podunk town, took a donkey, and he's about to go to Jerusalem to bring salvation to our people. Everyone was super excited. And Luke really masterfully builds the suspense for this event. But first, we need a little geography lesson before we get into that. Because where they were, Bethany and Bethphage, it says that they went up to Jerusalem. This doesn't mean north. It means that they went up in altitude. So in between Bethany and Bethphage and Jerusalem is this big mountain called the Mount of Olives. So in order to get to Jerusalem, they had to start climbing this mountain. And once they finally reached the top of it, there was this point that right when it starts going down, you can see all of Jerusalem in its splendor. It's really this beautiful viewpoint. So Luke builds the suspense and he takes us along for the ride up this hill. And he says that as they started going, people started to put their cloaks down before them. And, and the text actually implies that they continued to put their cloaks down before them. And I don't know if that means that the line was so long, there were so many people that it never stopped all the way to Jerusalem. Or the way that I like to imagine it is they saw their king, they took off their cloak, put it in front of Jesus, waited for Jesus and the donkey to pass. 
They'd go pick up their cloak, run to the front of the line, put it again, wait for Jesus to cross, and pick it up and do it again, and again, all the way into Jerusalem. I mean, either way, look how much excitement there is in the air that their king is coming and bringing salvation. Everyone is excited. But Luke even builds the suspense a little more here. And he uses the word nearing four times as Jesus was nearing, nearing. And he's taking us up this mountain and where the suspense is just building. It's like, it's like we're watching Jesus or a, a quarterback in a tunnel before the Super Bowl. And Luke is just zooming in on Jesus come to his people and we're just getting that suspense. It's that feeling like you're on the front of the roller coaster, but the backside hasn't all the way gone down the hill. So you're just waiting there, waiting for your king to come. That's the pit he gets in our feeling, in our, in our stomach, is we're just waiting for our king to come to us. And then Luke records that they went down to the part where the road goes down the Mount of Olives. When finally... Jesus, and everyone sees Jerusalem there. Beautiful. And it's like the quarterback storms out of the tunnel. The roller coaster goes down. Jesus sees his city, and everyone starts singing. They start shouting these words. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Just look how excited these people were that their king was coming. Your king came once. He came to Jerusalem to die. But he's going to come again. He told us he's going to come again. And just think of all the ways that he promised he'd come and then did it. He promised he would come as, as a child into this world. And he did it. He promised he'd go back to Jerusalem to suffer and die. And he did it. So don't you think when he promises us that he is on the brink of coming again, that he really means it, that he's really going to do it. Our king certainly is going to come. There's no doubt about it. And there's really only two reactions we can have to this. We can sing and we can shout like those people who were waiting to bring him into Jerusalem. Or we cannot be ready like the Pharisees. Because it's not like the Pharisees didn't know a king was coming. It was not that they weren't waiting for a Messiah. They just weren't ready when he came. So I wonder if we walked out of church today, and Jesus appeared out in the sky, what our gut reaction would be like. Would we be ready to, to sing songs? Or would we be feeling a little bit more like, ah, Jesus, I wish you would have waited until I finally got to my retirement, until I got to see my kids grow up, or uh, until I finally made it. 
if we have those feelings to our king react or coming to us, this is a little bit of a wake-up call because our king is coming with us or without us. He's coming. He's at the brink of coming. But I trust, not because I trust in you or even trust in myself, but because I trust in the Holy Spirit that he has given you this hope. That he's given you this this excitement that your king is on the brink of coming to you. It's like he's on that mountain just waiting to cross, see his people and, and, and bring glory to, to his people. He's right there. He's on the brink. So with the confidence, with that excitement that you have, we can do two things with, with that excitement. The first thing we can do with our excitement is we can lay down, or sorry, we can loosen our donkey. So this doesn't mean that someone's going to come up to you and, and uh, ask you for your car and say the Lord needs it. That's not going to happen. But something that is going to happen is we're going to walk by and someone might ask us for some food. And the Lord needs it. And we're going to walk by and someone's going to need a coat. And the Lord needs it. And someone's going to need our time when we don't want to give it. And the Lord needs it. And we can realize that really all of our time, talents, and treasures, the Lord needs it. And we can loosen up the goods, everything that we have in our lives for the Lord. In joy, in excitement. The second thing we can do is we can ride up this mountain with our Savior as He's coming to us. So, just like Jesus was coming up the mountain to Jerusalem, we are going through this church year with Jesus. And as He comes by, on a Sunday, we can lay down our coats, wait for Jesus to come to us in the Word and Sacraments, watch for Him to go by, pick up our coats, run through the week to the front of the week on Sunday, put it down again, praise Him, receive the sacraments, celebrate the Lord's death until He comes, do it again and again, week by week, all the way through the church year, all the way till the Lord comes again. And we're not even going to stop then. We'll continually sing forever and ever the praises of our Lord. And when we do those two things, when we loosen up our goods, and when we, and when we uh, lay our coats down for Jesus in praise and honor, we can have a special kind of pride. Just like those owners of the donkey. Because Jesus is using us in his parade. So happy Palm Sunday. Happy new church year. Merry Christmas. I hope your holidays are exciting because your king is on the brink of coming again.